0: This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson.
1: What's going on? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sellerson. Filling in for Sean Kelly, who is with the basketball team in Houston. This morning, as they actually, this afternoon, will take off for Orlando, Florida, and take on the Magic tomorrow in preseason game number six. Hope this Tuesday finds you well. Um, Hope you enjoyed some of the football last night, Eagles and Giants, even though it wasn't the best game to watch. Fortunately, you couldn't watch the Pelicans here in the market with League Pass, but um, hope you were able to listen on the radio network, and also there was some baseball on, so lots of stuff going on on the Monday, but I hope... Everyone's had a great start to their week as the Pelicans did play last night in Houston. They fell to the Houston Rockets 120-100. to uh, The Pelicans played well for three quarters. They were up 87-80 to after three. Um, they had a double-digit lead. Excuse me. They were up by a couple at halftime. Three at halftime, I should say, 59-56. to But a first quarter that went well for the Pelicans outscoring the Rockets 37-27. to Kind of struggled in the second quarter. And then the third outscore the Rockets 28-24. to 24. Again, they led by 7 after 3. And then the Pelicans shoot just 6 of 23 from the field in the fourth quarter. They were outscored by the Rockets 40 to the 13. Now, keep in mind, these were players that were mostly fighting for a roster spot. They didn't help their cause last night, but it wasn't any of the rotational guys. So I guess if we're going to take the positives out of that, that is a good sign, but still not a good showing from those guys last night. Again, being outscored 40-13. to 13. Um, in the fourth quarter and fall to the Rockets 120-100. to 100. Ryan Anderson had a very nice night, 23 points, 11 rebounds, 9 of 18 shooting from the field, averaging almost 20 points per game in his last three. Um, I'll talk to Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com about that and much more. We had Jim on last night on Pelicans OT. He'll kind of make an appearance there as he can on the road, but for most home games, he'll be able to stop by and help with some callers if people want to call in for the post-game show. So we'll have Jim on there. Drew Holiday played 15 minutes last night. The the goal the plan was 10 minutes for uh Drew to Holiday during the preseason, but they felt comfortable enough for Drew to play 15 last night. 9 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists in those 15 minutes, and you might see that being bumped up in the regular season. He'll probably play 15 in these last couple games, so we'll keep an eye on Drew Holiday, but that's a good sign certainly for him and game 6 and 7, which are tomorrow and Friday, should be more of a dress rehearsal for this Pelicans team. Um, rotation should be cut a little bit more as far as uh, how many players play tomorrow night and Friday. But um, these next two games, we'll kind of have an idea of how this team plays under the Alvin Gentry system. It's been really tough because with all the injuries, these rotations have not been set and it's kind of hard to judge, you know, what are we looking for? Um, What are we looking for as progress? What are we looking for as negatives? Um, What can we take away from these five games? I'll ask Jim about that. And it's kind of hard to take away certain things from these games because you don't have, Some of the guys playing. Anthony Davis didn't play last night. That was just for rest. No injury concerns with him. But Tyreek Evans is out with a knee injury. Eric Gordon's coming back from back spasms. You're still missing Alexey Jinsa, Omer Oshik, Norris Cole, Luke Babbitt, Quincy Pondexter. So it's kind of hard to gauge how this team is progressing in the the preseason. But we've seen some good things from them uh, so far in the first five games. So uh, we'll keep an eye on the next two. Tomorrow against Orlando, no television on either side, so you'll have to rely on the radio. And then Friday, a home game, and you can see it for yourself just by coming to the Smoothie King Center. So um, I hope all of you can come on Friday night. So we'll have Jim Eichenhofer on to talk about that, and we'll also have uh, Jake Seeley from rotoexperts.com to talk about your fantasy football team. And it, And it's just so stressful, fantasy football. It's so fun to play, but it can mess with your mind on a Sunday and a Monday when you have to rely on Monday night football or Sunday night football for some of your guys. I I just need some help. So Jake Steely's going to come in as always and talk to us from rotoexperts.com, part of our fantasy focus presented by Xbox One. Before we get to Jim Eichenhofer from pelicans.com, I do want to share some post-game sound for you. Unfortunately, Alvin Gentry was a little late last night, so we couldn't get him on our post-game show, Pelicans OT. Uh, we did get Ryan Anderson on. Um, But I want to start with uh, Pelicans head coach Alvin Gentry, his reaction
2: to last night's game.
3: I feel like I should just get the bat out of the way and ask you about the fourth quarter, but I'm not so sure I (laughs) I want to ask you about it. Do you want to talk about it?
2: No, I mean, I just thought we lost a little bit of our intensity. We, you know, turned the ball over. Uh, Our transition defense weren't weren't very good. It wasn't very good. So, uh, you know, with a team like that, you, you have to be able to play for 48 minutes and get back. Actually, I was happy all all the way up until the really the last you know ten minutes of the game. I thought that we kind of let everything slip away and and things like that. But early on, I thought we did a good job. We did a good job of moving the ball. Uh, I thought that uh, you know Drew did a great job of running our team. I thought Nate came in and did some good things. Uh, So. It was a preseason game. We did try to take a look at some situations, but I was really disappointed in our transition defense. We got to get better in our transition defense. If we're going to be a good good team, we can't afford to give up thirty eight points, fast break points.
3: Coach Ryan Anderson uh, had consistent play for you last week. You used him as starter tonight. Um, did you like the way that he played out of the gate as opposed to what he did normally off the bench?
2: No, I thought he did a good job. I thought you know maybe he. Uh, uh, you know, hunted for a shot a little bit on a couple of uh, occasions. But for the most part, I thought he did a really good job. Uh, you know, we got him out there. We want him to score. We want him to score. We want him to uh, uh, be aggressive. I thought he did that. I uh, thought he did a pretty good job of rebounding the basketball. Uh, so, as I said, I thought we got accomplished what we wanted to the first half. Uh, played pretty good the third quarter and then uh, just didn't do a very good job the rest of the way
3: did you extend drew holiday to 15 minutes by design tonight or did it just kind of happen that way
2: uh, no they we, we extended him 15 minutes we were we were allowed to do that so uh, obviously uh, uh, we'd like to extend that more and more and, and we will but uh, you know like I said I thought uh, uh, drew and uh, Eric played really good basketball and uh, I thought Ryan did a good job. And, uh, you know, we did a good job of executing and doing what we wanted to do all the way up into the last 10 minutes of the game.
3: And in those first three quarters, Coach, you had said earlier tonight that you'd like to take some of the guys on the fringe of the roster and give them a good, real, uh, honest look. Did, did anything stick out to you?
2: Uh, you know, we struggled. I mean, to be totally honest with you, we struggled. I thought there was a couple of guys that did some good things, but for the most part, we, we'd have to be better than that.
1: All right, and as I mentioned, Ryan Anderson, a nice night—23 points, 11 rebounds, nine of 18 shooting. He spoke with Sean Kelly after last night's game.
3: You're stringing together good games. Are you finding the consistency that you had desired here through the preseason?
4: Um, yeah, I'm finding it a little bit. You know, uh, you know, the flow of this game is um, is coming back, and you know, obviously, when you take some time during the summer, um, you need a little bit of time. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm really getting this, the, the concepts offensively, you know, it took me a little while to, you know, because I really rely on my other, my teammates, you know, getting into screens and how they play, and I'm learning how to play with some new guys, so um, it's been taking me some time, but ultimately, you know, we got to figure some things out, and um, really uh, tonight would, you know, we struggle a little bit in transition, and those are the things we need to focus on, so, I mean, I'm not really worried about me offensively you know that's kind of the focus right now a couple things that you did
3: help on one of which was rebounding and against probably a bigger team at times tonight you guys held your own on the boards and and you had something to do with it
4: um that's a big focus for us you know we want to get rebounds and get get in transition ourselves uh push the ball and um you know i think when we have a, a help style defense like we have um you know it really really causes the big guys to just drag down you know clog up the pain and you're there to get rebounds so um you know I felt a lot better about the way I've been rebounding it and uh it's been a big focus for me this preseason if we throw out the
3: fourth quarter let's just take the first three what went well and then what still needs to be worked on if you could give me one or two of each
4: a lot went well you know Um, I think uh, we had a great tempo to the game. I think that we uh, you know shots weren't falling, but I think we had that pace We've been looking for Um, You know transition like I said it was just probably in the negative to take from today Something we got to work on Um, You know just getting back. That's a team that that thrives in transition, and we got to know that you know, so um, That has to just be more of a focus for us and we'll get there and you know, like I said, it's still preseason, and um, that's something we got to focus on. I'm sure tomorrow in practice we'll really, uh, you know, crack down on that. Thank you, sir.
1: All right. So again, they're practicing this morning in Houston. If you're listening to this uh, in the afternoon, they're probably en route to Orlando, Florida, where they take on the Orlando Magic tomorrow, six o'clock tip-off. I'll have Pelicans warm-up for you starting at five thirty. All right. More Pelicans talk on the way when we come back. Jim Eichenhofer joins me from Houston. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report.
0: The Pelicans' Pick 6 plan presented by Domino's is the opportunity to pick the games right for you. Ticket packages are the only way to score access to the biggest games, including a matchup against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Plus, each plan comes with a free Domino's pizza. Six game packages start as low as $54. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to score your Pick 6 plan today.
5: From sunup to sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us November 4th through 8th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first-class golf to fan-pleasing fun and, of course, lots of 100% natural chicken. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit sandersonfarmschampionship.com for tickets today.
0: We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report.
1: Welcome back to the show. We continue the Pelicans talk on this Tuesday. And joining me now, fresh off his Pelicans OT debut last night on the Pelicans radio network, is Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com. Jim, uh, glad to have you on last night. And, of course, glad to have you on this morning, my friend.
7: Hey, it's always great to uh, to join you on whatever uh, radio or internet program i can i can find
1: i think we're taking over all the platforms now we need to figure out some different ways to get our conversations going maybe um maybe video or i I don't know but we've got (laughs) the radio covered we got the podcast covered i think we need to explore our options here jim
7: i I think our agents are are both working on on that right now so i don't think you have anything to worry about
1: okay good that's why i want i want to make sure that and um Just for clarification, Jim will be on for most uh, home post-games on Pelicans OT with him being so close to our studio there. Um, We'll have Jim on after uh, most games on Pelicans OT as far as home games. Maybe some select road games depending on the schedule, but we're glad to have Jim on. Nonetheless, there was a basketball game last night. As I talked about in segment one, the Pelicans fell to the Rockets last night, 120-100, to and Jim, I know the fourth quarter was uh, the big difference for the Pelicans as most of their – the second unit was in, most of the guys are fighting for a spot. But how about some positives? What were the key positive takeaways from last night's game?
7: Well, um, it seemed like kind of a, a common story of most of the games so far that the the starters have played really well. They were up by 10 at the end of the first quarter, um, had 37 points. Um, it seems like the first group has really had no trouble establishing a lead right off the bat and also putting up a lot of points at not sure exactly what the number is, but it's, I know it's in the 30s that they're averaging per quarter, per first quarter anyways. Um, Ryan Anderson looked really good last night. He seems to be making a, another kind of step forward every single preseason game in the last three. Um, Drew Holliday look, looks really good physically, so they um, decided to bump him up from 10 minutes to 15. Um, he um, had a, had a bunch of good stats last night in the game. And just overall from, like, the eye test, he, he just looks really good. He looks like he's got a lot of bounce. And um, so, I mean, those, those are probably some of the things that, that uh, stood out well um, from a positive standpoint.
1: Yeah, Drew Holiday getting the 15 minutes was kind of surprising since he was supposed to be on a 10-minute restriction. Does that mean we could see 15 minutes in these last two preseason games? I know Gentry says these last two games will be like a rehearsal as far as rotations are concerned is that, was that part of the reason why maybe get 15 minutes in tonight or last night, thinking that these last two games he's probably going to play those 15 minutes like he will in the regular season to start?
7: Yeah, I think so. I think when I talked to you right after the game last night, um, I wasn't sure exactly going forward what they were going to do, but, um, Coach Gentry did say, um, a few minutes after I spoke with you that they had made that decision to go up to 15 minutes. So, um, Initially, I thought that they were going to wait until the regular season to do that, but they moved it up. So I think that's a, another good sign that they, they felt comfortable doing that. And I think that was from the, the doctors. It wasn't like they just decided, you know, hey, let's just make it 15 minutes. I think it was something that they talked a lot about with um, the, the medical guys and came to that conclusion. So, yeah, I think we will see him play at least 15 minutes in the next couple games. And Gentry also noted, you know, the, or – kind of tossed out the idea that they might be able to bump that up too so somewhat soon so i mean things are definitely looking good in the in the right direction for Drew right now
1: i'm glad you uh, were talking about that cuz that was going to be my next follow up question was does that mean with the 15 minutes being bumped up in the preseason that we could see maybe up to 20 or i'm pushing it might be 25 but could we see more minutes in the regular season once the game start
7: yeah i definitely think it's possible i mean he's to me, he's looked, I know it's tough for people because I think really a lot of people haven't been able to see any of the games, and some there's a portion of fans, I think, that have, that saw the Bulls game because it was on TV, but really from watching him play, it's like it, it seems like it would be tempting to even say, like, we don't even need a minute restriction just because of how good he looked, mm-hmm. but at the same time of knowing the background of what's happened the last two seasons, I think they're going to try to take it slow, but to answer your question, I do think that, you know, I'm not sure if it's, too aggressive to think that way that they could bump it up even by the beginning of the regular season which crazy enough is actually only seven days from today it seems like it came up kind of quickly mm-hmm. but um i do think it's possible that they'll consider at least consider doing that by um maybe early in the regular season to go up even from 15.
1: good news that's for sure um, another guy you talked about um brian anderson 23 points 11 rebounds averaging a little over 20 points a game now in his last three games shooting well from beyond the arc nine of 18 last night is it just uh, more confidence he's gaining? I know he can always shoot the ball, and I think uh, you mentioned it last night that a lot of his shots last week were just misses, open looks that were missing. Um, is it maybe now he's getting a little bit more comfortable with the system, maybe getting um, a little more, I guess, conditioned to this fast-paced Alvin Gentry offense?
7: Yeah, I think some of it could be that. But I also think, too, that that um, it, it's if you watch him – Like physically, I think the weight that he's lost, I can see you can see a difference Mm -hmm. because he scored a lot of his baskets last night by just um, kind of maybe faking and and getting his defender off balance. He just seems like he's you know everybody knows he's in better shape, and I do think that that's helping because he's able to score a lot more. I think in these last three games without an assist, it seemed like last year and you know a a lot through his career he talks about this himself that. You know he's a guy that relies on people to set him up for shots, but um, last night he scored a lot in like isolations and where it was really just one on one, and I think that's where his um, the fact that he lost you know 15 20 pounds is making makes a difference because I think he can a lot more easily have these stretches where he scores three four baskets in a row, and it's all just him kind of one on one on on the wing just going to work against his defender.
1: How's his uh? I should say his uh, play in the paint, because it seems like, uh, from what I've heard, I can't really see any of these games, but it seems like his, uh, his play in the paint has been improving as well.
7: Yeah, he had double digit rebounds last night, and it seems like he's definitely um, making that more of an emphasis to, to get a lot of rebounds and, um, you know, help out on defense in terms of that part of the game. And uh, I think his, it looks like his, you know, I hate to make a bunch of assessments. You know, based on just the eye test or whatever, but right. it does seem like he—it seems like he—he's getting off the floor better. It seems like I, I saw a few of his defensive rebounds last night, where he, there was maybe two or three other guys around um, from the Rockets, and he was able to kind of just get up there above everybody and and grab the rebound. So I think he—he he seems like he's getting off the floor a little higher, but also probably more importantly, it seems like he's quicker off the floor, which, you know, I think is is pretty much. Partly to be expected when you when you you lose some weight, it just helps you, um, you know, have some of that more more of that explosiveness.
1: Yeah, I remember hearing from him in the off season. He talked about basically he felt like he took off like a 15 pound like weight off his back. You know, that's how much weight yeah. he lost, which is a very good sign. Now, Jim, uh, with preseason, it's been kind of hard to gauge how this team is progressing as far as an Alvin Gentry system, just based on the injuries alone. You know one not able to watch most of these games, but two, with the rotations so quirky with all these injuries, how are we able to track this these progress for the first five games how for you, how is this team adjusting to the new offense and one, what can we maybe look out for in these last two games to really tell, okay, I, I feel like this team is kind of getting used to this alvin Gentry system
7: I think for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, it's been extremely difficult to gauge that in the first five games because there's like no there's been no semblance of of the lineup and rotation that you you would think that you'll see during the regular season. I mean there's so many guys that there's a good five or six guys that have played a good amount of minutes because of all the injuries that um you know some of them what just by based on the math, I mean most of them won't, will not be on the regular season roster. But I do think in the last two games we'll be able to get We'll probably be able to get a better gauge in the last, in, in, for example, in the Orlando game than we have in the five previous games combined just because I think he's going to go to um, a rotation that is similar to what he'll use on, you know, on opening night against Golden State. Granted, there's still going to be a few guys out, so it's not like it's going to be exactly the same thing, but I think he'll go with, with a group of guys that will, you, you know, if, if this, that's the group that's available Next Tuesday against Golden State, I think that's what he'll go with um, tomorrow against Orlando, and then Friday against Miami. So I do think in these next two games we'll just have a lot better, um, you know, grasp on how they've progressed, how how they've how the system has, you know, how they've taken to the system, and um, just all those kinds of assessments. But I, I really feel like it's almost impossible to to make any sweeping assessments of that based on the first five games unfortunately
1: yeah absolutely no doubt and um kind of what you're alluding to is the play in the fourth quarter which a lot of these guys that might not make the team were playing in getting outscored 40 to 13 shooting 6 to 23 but some guys stuck out I would say last night in your eyes um who stuck out last night maybe in that fourth quarter maybe just in the game in general that who are fighting for a play a roster spot I should say. And then maybe who should we look out for in these last two games who are, are still on the fringe of maybe making this team?
7: Yeah, I think Jeff Adrian probably had the best game last night. Um I think he had eleven points and six rebounds. Bryce DeJohn Jones had had some good moments. Um, you know, he's pretty versatile. He can do a lot of things. But um I mean overall it's it's unfortunate because you you never want to blame um any individual guy for a, a, the team, a group having such a rough fourth quarter like that, just like you don't necessarily want to say when the team does well that it's all on one guy. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like that group, unfortunately for them, they've had some stretches where it, they've just played poorly. And the in the fourth quarter was definitely an example of that. So, uh, like I said, I don't want to pinpoint any one guy, but it just it, it it doesn't reflect well on anyone when you have – you know, quarters where you get outscored by 27, obviously, or some of the previous games where the Pelicans had a lead and then in the, in the second half it kind of went away quickly. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be tough, but, you know, I think for a lot of those guys it's going to be obviously, you know, what they've shown over this last month. And for a- any of them, hopefully they'll have shown enough either that they can help the team win this year or that they have potential down the road to be, you know, kind of like a project that somebody that they can, the team can develop over over time.
1: All right, that's Jim offer from Pelicans.com. Jim, I think the one thing I'm looking forward to most is tomorrow night's game will be the last one that I will not be able to see uh, via television or live because the game is not on television in the Orlando market or the Pelicans market. So you're going to have to be our eyes for one more game, and then they're finally back home on Friday. Uh, before I let you go. What can we expect on, or what can we look out for on Pelicans.com these next two, few days? I know they're practicing in Houston this morning and then leaving for Orlando. What can we look out for in these next couple days?
7: Sure. Um, today I'm going to have an article about Quincy Pondexter. I know he's still out, but I kind of let him kind of just sound off on a bunch of stuff. And I think he's a really interesting guy. People that have been around him know how much enthusiasm and energy he has for everything. So that's kind of what the article that's going to be out today is about just him talking about a lot of different things and talking about New Orleans and even one of the things I thought was interesting was his pregame, kind of a couple minutes before or even seconds before tip off in New Orleans, he does a few different um, things that not superstitions but just rituals that he does that I think people will really get a kick out of listening to. Um, so that's probably the main thing today. Uh, we're going to be we're practicing today in Houston, so we'll have you know videos of different guys talking after that. And then, you know, obviously tomorrow we'll have game coverage in Orlando and shoot around from the morning until pretty late at night. So that we'll be usually doing what we usually do on game days.
1: Looking forward to all the coverage. Great job this preseason, being our eyes in, uh, uh for most of these preseason games. That's Jen and I can offer from Pelicans.com. Jim, safe travels to Orlando, and I better see some pictures of you and Mickey Mouse ears at Disney World later on this afternoon. <laughs>
7: I'll do my best, Daniel.
1: Okay. All right. Jim, I offer from Pelicans.com. When we come back, we'll turn our attention to fantasy football. Jake Seeley from WorldWareExperts.com joins me as part of our Fantasy Focus presented by Xbox One. Stay with us.
6: Life is busy. You need health care that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that. So we've made our care more schedule-friendly, like offering same-day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. Many of our specialists are available the same day too. And with health centers all over greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. Many are open late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? Now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website. And once you become an auctioneer patient, you'll be able to do even more online, like email your doctors, see test results, and refill your prescriptions, all with a simple click. Make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866-OCHSNER. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind.
0: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson.
1: All right, welcome back to the show. Of course, it's Tuesday, which means it's time to talk fantasy football. Joining me, as always, from RotoExperts.com is Jake Seeley. It's part of our Fantasy Focus, presented by Xbox One. Jake, uh, fantasy football, what a cruel, cruel thing it could be, right?
8: It definitely can be. That's the thing, though, is you go in there, you do the smart moves. We were just talking about Jonathan Stewart. He's going against Seattle. He hasn't done much of anything this year, and then, yeah, it's one of the best days for all running backs. It's just—it Sometimes it's just so mean to you.
1: I know. Then I'm going to put him back in this week, and then he's going to go back to not playing well, <laughs> and then I'm just going to rip my hair out. So uh,
8: that's, that's, That sounds about right.
1: Yep, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, and you said the same thing with Jonathan Stewart, but I'm going to start with Eddie Lacy, who I think might be the cause of my hair turning gray because Eddie Lacy just seems to be done in Green Bay. I don't know if it was injury or him just – I'm not sure what happened on Sunday against the Chargers – but is it time to move on from Eddie Lacy? Is it time for the James Starks era? I mean, what is going on in Green Bay, and how can owners of both uh, adjust to how things are going around with the Packers?
8: Yeah, well, let me say I'm not accusing anybody of anything because I don't like that to get out there of, uh, because obviously NFL teams can get into trouble if so, but I actually really do think it's an injury with Eddie Lacy, mm-hmm. and I say that because they're not supposed to be hiding it if it is. Right. Uh, because we have, I was up in Toronto for a show up there, and we had a doctor on, actually, the week he injured his ankle. And he said he expected him to be out that type of injury when he saw it get rolled over on like it did. He expected him to be out for weeks, not even come back that week. And he wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't until the bye until he's healthy. And it's looking like he was right. And we were talking, I mean, this was a doctor. And he said that it's a, it was a pretty severe Ankle sprain, uh, and I really do think that it's still not 100%. And I think this bye week is going to help Eddie Lacy get back to 100%. I think this is what he needed and what the Packers should have done. And I think maybe that's why they kind of held him out of the second half so much and went to James Starks in the last game is because they're like, all right, Eddie Lacey's not 100%. He didn't all of a sudden lose his talent. He's not all of a sudden not any good. I do think you need to pick up James Starks just in case. But there's no way on earth I'm dropping any Lacey and there's no way I'm trading him because you're not going to get the value for him. If anything, if you're a team that's two and four, one and five, I'd actually go trade for Eddie Lacey. There's a real good chance he could come out of the buy, be 100 percent, get back to the Lacey. We know it is a risk at this point. But as I'm, I'm with you, if I don't need to start him, but that's the problem is if you drafted Eddie Lacey, you probably have to. Mm-hmm. Unless you made some great pickups, uh, I, I would try to bench him if I could. But I, I definitely wouldn't drop him or send him to the wire.
1: Fair enough, and you can't play both of them at the same time, can you? With Starks and Lacy's? is that not, just not a good idea?
8: Hey, it's bye weeks. You you might be able to in some week. Like, you, you might be. I've been playing Alan Hearns and Alan Robinson in, in one league every single week so far. So sometimes you can if they're productive enough.
1: Okay, fair enough. Um, another guy that had a great week that seemed to be on my bench was Martavis Bryant. Um, that was with a third string quarterback in Landry Jones. Is he worth playing most weeks now? Is this just a one-time thing? And how are these wide receivers for the Steelers adjusting to Big Ben being out?
8: I think Landry Jones helps a little bit, but let's not overreact. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying you; I'm just saying right. the fantasy community is. Uh, if you look at Landry Jones while he's in the game, and this is where you say you kind of take fantasy and watching games and watching film, and the same, he was making one reads and one throws, and a lot of his throws weren't even that accurate. And mm-hmm. the throw to Mark Davis Bryant for that big touchdown. That was all Martavis Bryant. Right. He was the one that scored that touchdown. So you got to look at him. He does help a little bit over Vic because Vic just hasn't been effective. So I, I move him back up. I'd say into that wide receiver three range where I'm comfortable. But Martavis Bryant has always been a startable quarter, or wide receiver. I can't even get the right position there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a at, at wide receiver three, but he's always been boom or bust every single week. And that's what he'll continue to be. No matter, even if Big Ben's at quarterback, you probably have a little bit more trustworthiness, but he's going to be the guy who goes out there, gets you 100 and a touchdown one week, but only gets you 30 and nothing the next. So. I think this helps Antonio Brown a little bit more. Uh, People were talking about benching him, and I couldn't even understand that with Michael Vick, a quarterback. But I think if Jones is starting that, you you just go ahead and play Antonio Brown because maybe he has a good game. If not, you just hope Big Ben's back next week.
1: Absolutely. Um, This was kind of shocking when I heard this, um, that on Sunday Peyton Manning was on the – you can drop Peyton Manning for the first time, and, like, since he's been in the league, you know, there's some players that are undroppable – Peyton Manning, it finally is. And I think with eight touchdowns, I believe and 10 interceptions, is it, is it time to move on for pain from Peyton Manning?
8: It's so weird to say to because you can say Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders have fantasy value, but the quarterback Peyton Manning doesn't. That usually doesn't make sense or add up in fantasy, but mm-hmm. it has so far. Peyton Manning is QB twenty two right now. Wow. That's how bad he's been. And you another one, if you actually watch the game, is his arm looks pretty done. He's not getting any zip on the ball to Demarius. He's not getting any accuracy half the time. We've seen some of those duck throws out there. But the one person that's not affected is Emmanuel Sanders because he doesn't go that deep and he can make those plays after the catch. So, the, on the wide receiver side, as a side note real quick, mm-hmm. I still like Emilio Sanders quite a lot. I still think he's a wide receiver one. I like him more than Demarius Thomas for consistency at this point. I think people hate Demarius Thomas a little too much because he's just a wide receiver too. But Peyton Manning is droppable at this point. Again, he's, he's Qt, quarterback 22. I do think he's better than that because you're talking about Marietta being in front of him and Fitzpatrick and a few other guys. Yeah. He'll move up. But if you have guys on the wire and you're talking about – You know, uh, uh, Cam Newton, a lot of people are kind of stringing out there. They don't know what to do. Ryan Tannehill bouncing back. I'd probably try to roster both of them just for the upside. But, if you know, maybe some people haven't bought into Andy Dalton yet. I would drop him for Andy Dalton in a heartbeat at this point.
1: It's crazy that we're even having this conversation with Peyton Manning. But, I mean, I guess it's it's time. But, uh, anyways, um, you were talking about some uh, wire pickups as far as talking about some QBs. But give me two or three waiver pickups for this week.
8: Well, you have to pick up Kristen Michael. Like, and I know that the fantasy world wants to put him in the Hall of Fame already, mm-hmm. but you have to pick him up even though I will say breathe a little bit and don't do it yet because even if he gets the starting job, Joseph Reynolds not going anywhere. But there is a ton of potential behind that offensive line. It's the same potential we got all excited about, not knowing who the running back was going to be for this year behind that offensive line. So you have to pick him up. Uh, if you're looking for another running back, Ahmad Bradshaw got signed. We all know with the Colts. I think that that game put a little bit more confidence back into Frank Gore of not being worried too much. But you do have to grab Bradshaw at this point because he was an RB1 before he got hurt last year. And there's always the threat with how much wear and tear is on Frank Gore at this point. Uh, Ahmad Bradshaw has now become one of the best backups in the league in case he ever went down. And if you're looking for some wide receiver help, I know I mentioned Michael Crabtree a bunch of times, but just as a reminder, because they're coming off the bye, he was kind kind of sitting out there, and then the wide receiver that looked really good this past weekend, Stefan Diggs, he's legitimate. I, I've said this time and again before, is Charles Johnson, I do not get the hype around him. He only had two games last year where he was a wide receiver two or better. The rest of the season he was a wide receiver four or five, not even worth starting. Stefan Diggs is a legitimate talent. He was actually on the field even more than Mike Wallace last week, wow. so if you're looking for wide receiver help, he would be at the top of my list this week.
1: Good stuff there. Let's move on to the Saints who uh, head up to Indy to play the Colts on Sunday. um, Are we still playing C.J. Spiller in flex leagues? It seems like he's kind of disappeared a little bit. And uh, Ben Watson had a great night. Was that – is he worth starting at the tight end position?
8: I think C.J. Spiller and PPR flex positions you possibly can. I would depend on the matchup, and actually this week is a very good matchup because the Colts give almost as much er, receiving yards as they have rushing yards so far. So I think you have to play mix and match at this point Mm -hmm. because it depends a lot of game flow because Mark Ingram has taken over so much. He's actually even involved in the passing game, so that's not – it, it, not leaving as much for C.J. Spiller as we thought, but a, wee, a matchup like this, this is what you're looking for. You're looking for a team that's weak against pass-catching running backs. This is a week where C.J. Spiller, in in PPR, even if he only gets three or four catches, uh, that's as good as your running back getting your 30, 40 yards. So he's flex value in that situation. In standard leagues, I'd probably say no, just because he's not getting the yardage. As for Ben Watson, I mean, well, what have we been saying every single week? You would love to use a tight end, but yep. you never know who it's going to be At, that being said, more weeks than not, it actually has been Ben Watson. Last week was a huge game, but the matchup was right for the picking. Atlanta is right. one of the worst against tight ends. If you need a tight end and if you uh, want to start a Saints tight end, it's definitely Ben Watson. And you've got bye weeks these next two or three weeks with a lot of tight ends and quarterbacks on buys. Ben Watson is actually worth plugging in. And all you need is a touchdown to have a tight end one this year, any given weekend. Ben Watson can definitely do it again.
1: All right, and before I let you go, which Saints players are you playing this weekend against Indianapolis?
8: Uh, including those two, if I need them, uh, the top four are definites. So you, you have to start Drew Brees. You have to start Mark Ingram. You have to go Willie Sneed and Brandon Cooks. And I think Willie Sneed at this point is starting to push Brandon Cooks as being the top receiver option on this team. So I wouldn't be surprised. But uh, outside of that, I think those are your four must starts. You can maybe get Spiller and Watson in there, depending on what's going on with your buys. But those four players at this point is probably going to be the same answer to you every single week. I do not see how you bench any of those four at this point.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. I might keep asking it just for the heck of it, but uh, we'll uh, we'll see how it goes throughout the rest of the season. That's Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com, part of our Fantasy Focus presented by Xbox One. Jake, as uh, as always, thank you very much for joining us today.
8: Yeah, anytime. I'll enjoy it.
1: All right, when we come back, I'll wrap things up on this Tuesday edition of
6: The Black and Blue Report. Fall is here, which means there's a new purpose to get excited about at Smoothie King. It's time to bundle up against the weather outside and give your immune system a little extra support on the inside.
7: At Smoothie King, we're blending our new Immune Builder smoothies to help you stay strong all season long. Fortify your body with more than 2,000% of your daily vitamin C and all natural immune supporters like vitamins A and E, zinc, and selenium. Try a mixed berry or orange Immune Builder smoothie today. Only at Smoothie King
5: From sunup to sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us November 4th through 8th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first-class golf to fan-pleasing fun and, of course, lots of 100% natural chicken. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit sandersonfarmschampionship.com for tickets today.
0: Follow us on Twitter at BlackBlueReport.
1: All right, time to wrap things up from Studio B. Big thanks to head coach Alvin Gentry, Ryan Anderson, Jim Ikenhofer, Sean Kelly, and Jake Seely for coming on today's show. On tomorrow's show, we'll have a preview of Pelicans and Magic. Sean Kelly will be hosting from Orlando, Florida. Again, preseason game number six tomorrow night between the Pelicans and And the Magic will have Mark Spears on from Yahoo Sports, who covers the NBA. Always a pleasure having him on. He'll talk about this Pelicans team and also some of the storylines going on around the league as we're today a week away from the Pelicans opening night matchup against the defending champion Colton State Warriors. That one is a late one. Um, I believe around 940 will be tip-off. Again, national television, Warriors getting the rings on Tuesday night. It should be a great one. But Mark Spears will talk about a lot of things around the NBA and this Pelicans team. And then we'll start our Colts and Saints preview. We're efforting to get a Colts writer, whether it's from their team website or uh, from one of the local newspapers. So we'll have our conversation start between the Saints and the Colts tomorrow as Sean Kelly will be hosting again from Orlando, Florida. Hope you have a great rest of your Tuesday. Enjoy the baseball tonight if you're a baseball fan. And if not, we'll talk to you tomorrow on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. And then until tomorrow, I'm Daniel Salarson. Thanks for listening. Thanks
0: for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.